Thank you all for joining us on Mike and Jeff writing the right. It has been a very, very, very long time since we've come. After uh, 5,000 years, we have <laughs> finally returned. I did a few solo mini episodes here and there, um, but we haven't been back on here with the two of us in, in quite some time. Um, so I'm thanks sure for joining poorly, us. So I'm sure everyone's glad I'm back. You're welcome. I, uh, I think we're going to hear from our hundreds and hundreds of listeners that they would prefer I go back to that format, but. <laughs> we'll we'll right, humor we'll you for now and let you come out of the producing chair and let you pretend that you're an on-air talent. Oh, I will. Is it just your parents watching over and over again? <laughs> Is that your viewers? Even if it was, that would get us more views than we typically have, so I'd, I would take it. All right, fair enough. All right, so let's get into it. There's a ton of stuff going on, Mike. Um, we've got a million topics that we can try and bounce around and get to, but... I think the topic I want to jump into first, and I kind of kick this around a bunch of different things. There's a lot of different things we could talk about, but what I want to talk about first is the the reason for the season, pride. <laughs> All right, so, let's do it. One of the seven daily sins. Is that what you're talking yeah. about, just the, the sin in general and... And why that's being celebrated? Or is it something else that you're referring to? Well, actually, I am referring to the fact that we are celebrating sin. Um, the fact that, look, we have dedicated a month to pride. And, and first and like of all... a day every other month. Well, and what's funny is, you know, like, I'm not big into the history months, the Asian American Pacific uh, Islanders month, which was, which was not that long ago and black history month and all those other, I'm not big on those, but if I were, I would find it very funny that black people get February, the only 28 day month on the calendar and gays get June, a much better yeah. month across the board. Uh, it is. A month with no holidays that get in their way because February, you've got Valentine's Day and stuff like that that distracts from Black history. Um, Pride Month is just its own thing. So first and foremost, I have a problem with the fact that we actually are. Ah, <laughs> we've actually got a, a viewer. Thanks for joining us. And I'm happy about your brisket. But, you know. I have a big problem with, like I said, that the pride gets a month in and of itself, but let's let's really break this down. This came out of an idea that there was a, you know, there was a movement for gay pride and, and for uh, gay rights and all those things. But I would like to ask everyone out there that thinks pride is a, a meaningful thing at this point. What rights at this point do uh, gay individuals not have in this country? I would, I would defy anyone to name a single right or privilege that is given to straight people that gay people do not have, that we need to stop and celebrate pride month. And then I want to get into the bigger topic here, which is this, that pride month has gone away from being a time when people inexplicably decided that the, a point of pride was what, of what individuals they chose to have sex with. Um, which last time I checked was like, you can be proud of accomplishments. You can be proud of your children. You can be proud <laughs> of your family. I, I'm not necessarily proud of my sex. It's not something that it's not a pride point for me. It's, a thing it, 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 and i think that's the difference right is well it's not even that it's like it's like um we had like pride in like who we had sex with in like college like there's like grown people with like gray hair celebrating pride month 
like it's it's one thing if you know you're you're gay or lesbian or, or bi or whatever you are and your family like hates you and despises you and pushes you down the steps every time they see you and now you want to celebrate at going to parade it's another thing if you live in like san francisco and no one cares whatsoever that you're gay see i would actually go out and go out on a limb here and say it's not any different because the reality is if you have if, if you're being oppressed and this is what i've heard from people who i've complained to about this is that well it's 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 about fighting oppression what oppression if you're being oppressed as a gay person in the united states of america today it's a personal oppression like a family thing and, and you know what that doesn't concern the rest of the population it's not my problem it's not my interest you don't need a parade for it there was a time when parades were for things like i don't know coming home from a war and now it, the parade is because you like to do certain sexual acts and it's it's gotten more and more well, certain people we've got, and it's gotten more and more depraved right it's it's not just that oh the we're 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 here we're queer get used to it kind of stuff like it started as which we could go down a, a huge thing about whether or not that was ever okay but let's take all that aside and just say this if that was the point of the movement we're well past that now we're now to the point where full-grown men walk around with collars and leashes displaying their most perverse kinks to the world in public something that you shouldn't be proud of something you shouldn't you shouldn't be proud to show to the world kinks um, stay in the bedroom yeah they, like, look what you do with i have my own opinions on sexuality but regardless of all that what you do in your bedroom with someone else not really my concern i don't care i'm not going to ask you about it and you don't ask me about it we're all good but when you start to bring that out into the forefront of the of the conversation and you display that to children you make that a talking point that everyone should be able to display their own let their freak flag fly and all those stupid cliche terms that's a problem for me pride month is is a big problem for me it's a great example of the destruction of the american culture and something that only exists in the western world because we don't have any moral basis anymore there's a reason by the way that all these companies that tell you they care about pride on twitter and change their change their logo for a month so that they can get your dollars to a rainbow flag don't do that in saudi arabia they don't do that in dubai the in if you look at their twitter accounts for the middle east they don't mention pride and oh not at countries, all countries those countries still make it illegal to be gay i mean you can still be put to death for being gay in some of those countries you can be pushed where off are, the roof where where Legally. they are where they are <laughs> doing countries. tons and tons of of uh business currently because it's not a, for, for anybody who believes that businesses actually care about your sexuality is a moron i'm not going to mince words i'm not going to try and be nice you're a moron because that's not well, what it is. they believe that they believe that by catering to you and saying oh look we're flying our pride flag that you're going to spend money with them because they're supporting your cause no they're not if if you really believe in it then maybe you should have a problem with the fact that they also do tons of business in china and the middle east where your lifestyle is totally illegal yeah i i have noticed on um on facebook and instagram that people are starting to make fun of the um the corporations that changed their their their, pride, their their logos to gay flag and stuff. So I've I've noticed like um, a lot of memes are like you're supporting Ukraine and like it's just like knocks it out the way and then puts the gay pride in June first at at midnight. Yeah, and it'll and in July first it'll go to something else. It'll yeah. be an American flag for like five days. 
So we're going to have um, the pride flag every day in June, except for Juneteenth. Well, they'll switch out to like a, a black fist, then they'll switch right back. Or maybe a black fist. It'll be a black fist that's rainbow. It'll be a rainbow fist yeah. is what I guarantee you. I'm not even kidding. That's what it will be. Well, that's we why they have the, uh, the flag with like the um, it's like the the pink, the blue, and the the black and brown added to it, because the pride flag now represents black people. Well, and that's that's the other thing I was going to get into is pride again. Let's take all the opinions about about LGBT and all that out off the table because people have their opinion. Let's just talk about what what the pride movement is about because I would again defy somebody to tell me what it's about anymore. There was a time when it was about gay rights. It was about uh, allowing right. people to be married, allowing married people to be and... gay in public, and and not have to be ostracized from the community. Now. Mm -hmm. It is it, that that umbrella that they've created is so expansive that I actually have seen people that do things like very recently I saw a guy on Twitter and I'll uh, retweet this out because it was funny. And this was a real thing painted his house in the gay pride flag, the rainbow flag. And uh, a pride group said immediately answered back and said, well, that's great. But you need to update to the more recent, the more current flag that has a million other colors and triangles and squares and all kinds of things because they just keep trying to loop it under what pride represents today, whether regardless where you fell on gay rights, pride is not about that. What pride represents today is a desire to destroy fundamental family values in the United States and in the Western world. And by doing that, the only thing they're focused on is how can we focus on including everyone that doesn't fit into the majority of people, which is the quote unquote cisgendered heteronormative people. We need to make, we need to be expansive and everybody and who's in that group has to either say they are an ally or they are an enemy. Yeah. And we've made an true. entire month about this and we've made it so that you're not allowed to question this. You're not allowed to call anybody out as a, as, as, as this being wrong. Like, one of the things I wanted to talk about, Mike, was something that happened in Dallas, Texas over the weekend. And I don't know if you've Dallas. seen this. What? Of course, in Dallas. It wouldn't have happened in any other part of Texas, except maybe I know. Austin. It's, it's a, I know what I'm saying. Like, that's the California of Texas. Uh, Austin is. Austin yeah, is worse, yeah, but, but uh, okay. Dallas is pretty bad. Don't, but yeah, regardless, I don't know if you've seen this, Mike, but in Dallas, Texas over the weekend, there was a bar that was having a drag queen show that they I brought a bunch know. of kids to kids are putting dollar bills into the G strings of the, that, of the, they dancers. said it was a um, kid friendly drag show. That's what they call yeah. it, which it, it look that, and that's the problem with this. This is what pride month has become is first of all, I don't know why you needed a month. I, I, I don't for the love lo, for the life of me cannot understand this. Let's dedicate a month to things. I don't agree with it on anything because it's ridiculous. What it's doing is it's trying to go everybody who gets into these like, oh, we have this month and we have that month and we have women's appreciation, blah, blah, blah. All that is is a way to highlight something so that you can say this is special and then you can capitalize on that and then you can move on from it. If you actually believe in equality or any of these things, then these things need to go away because we need to stop putting a, shining a light on these things that are different and just say people are people and move on. Again, there's a lot of layers to this, but that at its core is a problem to me. The other core problem yeah. to me, and this is the big one, is when you involve children. Now, and people are saying, well, it's homophobic not to bring children to this. 
it's not homophobic. It's not transphobic. It's none. It's no type of phobic to say that children, innocent children should not be exposed to explicit sexual images or discussions of any kind. I don't care if it's straight. I don't care if it's, uh, if it's gay, I don't care what it is. Explicit sexual images and conversation are not for children. There was a time in this country where we understood that and that is gone. Right. It, taking them to a drag show will be taking them to like a strip club. It's no different. It really isn't. Like I honestly, I think a kid it's shouldn't weird. be in a bar in the first place. Let's just stop. Let's just let's even just be yes. there. Take all the so sex it's out actually of it. Why a bar. A it's, bar? Not, it's not. It's not even a restaurant. It's a straight. No, up it was bar. a bar. Yeah, that's my point. I mean, it's it's even weird. Like um, taking like your kids to, like Hooters or or Tilted Killed. I don't know. Is it those those things seem weird to me as well? Yeah, it's it's not a place for young children. And again, we we've made it so these pride parades and stuff where kids are always in attendance are more and more about being as vulgar as you can and showing off my kinks and my things. Like everyone has seen the picture by now of the little girl with the dude in the leather dog outfit and a and a leash and collar. What explanation do you have for why kids need to be around that? Mm-hmm. And people will say, well, there's no reason that children shouldn't know about that. Yes, there most certainly is. I believe in the children. innocence of children. That's why I, I believe children. in That's the innocence of children. It. And there is no reason they need to know about weird, kinky, sexual things that adults do. Right, wrong, indifferent, it doesn't matter. I don't think kids need to be shown things of straight sex either. They just don't need to be shown sex, period, or sexual things. Yeah, and like we, we talked about this before. We talked about how I feel that the Superman Lois love angle wasn't actually necessary. It doesn't really propel... Superman or Lois Lane forward as characters. Like if this, if this, if these comics are actually aimed towards kids, that's unnecessary. You can have other ones, like we have the the Black Label, which has I have no problem with them putting relationships in that. Or they have like teenage ones, I'm fine with that. But there's like comics that are like seven and below having uh, relationships in there. It's like it's it's unnecessary. It so I agree with you. I agree with you. It adds nothing really in terms of story. I. I will say like in terms of it being, it, it's unnecessary, but that to me is not nearly as bad because, and it's, and people would say, oh, it's because it's a straight relationship. No, it's because showing a relationship without a sexual compo- component is good for children because it shows them it, it, it is, it's framing up the reality of the world is that people build relationships, fall in love. And, and like, that's part of the building blocks of life is right. You show people love and that is very different than showing Lois and, and, and Clark in the bedroom naked mm-hmm. or getting out of the shower or something. Kids don't need to see that. If you want to show them, uh, you know, show that Clark Kent loves Lois Lane and that his love propels his decisions to do things on behalf of love, that's a different thing than saying Clark Kent getting out of the shower with Lois Lane. There's no place for that in a kid's, not, uh, kid's comic book. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like well, if I think- you want to march people down and say these men love each other and, and that's okay. Um, I may have my personal disagreements with that, and I do, and we could talk about that at length, but that is still miles away from saying these men love each other, and this one likes to dress like a dog and wear a dog collar and walk around in all leather half nude. Um, right, and, and like this one, this one's a top, a and this thing. one's a bottom. Do you know what a top and bottom is, kids? Yeah, that's, that's a different a thing with. than saying these people love each other and that's okay. And again, well, it's funny because like both of our favorite like sitcom is Modern Family. 
with Cam and Mitchell in there as a gay couple. I, and I find them a, very funny as characters. Well, what I love about them is that they're they actually have depth as a character. They're not just they're not two just gay, gay couple. They're well, not just gay couple X. They have they have depth, like you said. They actually have they go through real emotional things. They go through real character development and real relationships. And like I said, so you can put that in front of people. There are you can make arguments about whether or not you know about about that, but that's not what this is about. My problem is we've taken something and you you started by saying, oh, we want equality. We want to be treated the same as everybody else. I don't see any parades where straight people are walking around and displaying that level of sexual uh, perversity, uh, perverse perversion to children. That's the problem is you've jumped the shark far beyond what you pretended this was about. And now in the name of pride, it is unquestionable. It is, it is meant to be accepted and tolerated by everyone. And it's wrong. And that's a a level that we should not have allowed this country to get to. And we need to come back from it. Yeah. I honestly think this is going to stay until um, the, the black and Latino vote starts to switch conservative and starts to care about family values because as of right now, if, if white people say these type of things, no one cares, and it's called a big and to move on. But if a black person or even a, a black gay person is like, "I'm gay," this is too extreme. Tone it down in public. Do that in the gay in the gay bars, or do it in your home. This is going to be how it is. Like, yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is, even the name, uh, Rob <clears throat> Smith is a good example of like a um, he's Rob Smith, who's in the military. He's black and he's gay, and he's like. This y'all like calm down. This is way too extreme to be doing this in public where kids are and it can be around. Christian Walker, black gay conservative, uh, same thing, has said the same thing. Like, hey, you know, I'm gay, but my sexuality is not my identity, and we don't need to be doing this type of stuff. And, and that's the thing, is like I, I'm positive that anyone who sees this video thinks Jeff Arnold bigot. Don't care. That's the, that, that's the difference between me and many people is I'm uncancelable because I don't care because I have an opinion. I'm comfortable with my opinion. I believe my opinion. Nothing I've said is bigoted. What I've said is accurate. And if people don't like it, they can try to factually argue it and they won't be able to. Um, but you're right. Until, until the, the argument comes from someone like yourself as opposed to myself, it will be a problem. But you are a straight man, so it still means nothing to you for coming mm-hmm. from you. Because the reality is you are also a bigot in the eyes of everyone in that community. And frankly, even black gay men or uh, Latino gay men are bigots in the eyes of that community because they are opposing the narrative. And the reality is I don't see a way to shift the narrative away unless we just take a strong stance and say this far and no further. We will not allow this anymore because the perversion of children is is a problem. Yeah. I think, like I said, one of the good things about Trump is – conservatives have gotten their voice back because before it was like live and let live they're not directly attacking me so they can do whatever they want it's like no 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 we you need to have standards and make sure that those standards are upheld exactly live and let live is a great way to put it and it's the problem with live and let live is exactly what you said is that worked in theory for a time um but the problem with live and let live is that it wasn't ever about it was never about 
the thing they said it was about. And all the people who said, this is going to lead to X, this is going to lead to Y, always got said, that's a slippery slope. It's not true. It's never going to be happening. Um, and yet here we are, everything that was predicted has come about. And people who said they're going to try and normalize pedophilia. Well, you see more and more people out there trying to normalize pedophilia and trying to normalize it. It will not be long before pedophiles are part of the pride flag community. And we are expected to accept that that is the case. And they're already trying to tell you that children can consent because they're telling, trying to tell you children can choose their gender. And if you are able to make that type of decision, then you are definitely able to consent to sexual intercourse. And so who is, who, who am I to tell a disgusting pedophile man that the five-year-old boy or girl that they love doesn't love them back when they say they do and that he shouldn't be able to have sexual relations with them, which he shouldn't. Um, and, and it will not be long until they want to put them under that umbrella. Well, it's not even that it's not even pedophilia. Well, it is, but they're changing it to saying like, I identify as an eight year old. So it's just two eight year olds hanging out. Well, that is also, that is also true. Uh, agreed. But even, even people who are identifying quote unquote, as an adult that are saying they are minor attracted persons are being normalized. They're trying to take this, the, the. Um, the stigma away from the name of a pedophile and call them something else. They're minor attracted persons. No, you're a pedophile and you're disgusting and you should be, you should be castrated or killed. And that there is no middle ground to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See my, um, the one thing I want to tell you is like the, the professor that got fired for like coining that term at the university is now working at John Hopkins. So, and there's more and more people using that term. I see it a lot. It's very true. And that's my point is people said 10 years ago, people said, well, that'll never happen. You guys are making a ridiculous argument. And yet here we are. 10 years ago, you wouldn't think a documentary called what is a woman would be as successful as it was because you would think no one would need to watch that. Or you would think the subject matter would be completely different, like about modern women and how they've, how they've, you know, changed their, what they do and things like that. Like, that would have been the subject matter 10 years ago, not literally trying to define and ask multiple academics to define a woman. And, and so let's, let's segue into that, Mike. Um, so Matt Walsh, one of my favorite contributors to the daily wire, um, recently, um, I think he, I think he's made it to my favorite, I think because of him playing like Grand Theft Auto and all that type of stuff and responding to TikToks. He's I, guess I didn't know. He, I didn't favorite. know the, I didn't know anything about the Grand Theft Auto thing. Um, yeah, he's, he's played Grand Theft Auto and like did commentary while he's played it for the first time. That's kind of funny. I didn't know that. So <laughs> while I will be open and honest that I do not agree with everything Matt Walsh says, I don't agree with anything, everything anyone on the Daily Wire says. Um, but of, of I mean, all the Daily I mean, Wire I really don't, I don't agree with what, what I said five years ago. <laughs> if you're not growing and changing, like first of all, there's 7 billion people on, the earth, on this earth. You shouldn't be really, really agree with anyone. Because everyone should have different experiences that change your change your viewpoint. Jeff and I, we I went agree to the with same... what I said five years ago, but that's a separate <laughs> separate conversation. <laughs> Jeff has has peaked and has has decided to no longer learn because he knows everything. No, I still learn. I'm still learning. I just was right then, and I'm still right now. It's <laughs> the 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 good thing about being being me is that when you've established yourself as very, very, very correct and very right about most things. It's mm. hard to have to change your opinion. Ah, I see. I see. 
Sure, sure, for the, sure. For the record, most of what I said five years ago is the same things I say on the air today, and you know that for a fact. Whether you want to give me a hard time or not, you know that to be true. Well, since we're on air live, I will not admit that. Maybe in an email or text. <laughs> That's fine. I'll send you a fax that says you're correct. <laughs> but no, but I agree with you. I mean, you're constantly learning, and, and, and there are things that I have different opinions on. Uh, politics tends to not be one of them, but there are things I have different opinions on. Regardless, I agree with you about Matt Walsh. Anyway, my point being, Matt Walsh, of all the Daily Wire people, is one of my favorites. I also really like Michael Knowles. Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman, is the best content the Daily Wire has produced. I haven't really been a fan by of far. Any of, I haven't by, been by a fan far. of really any of their movies that they've come out with. Like they're not terrible. They're just not good. They're they're like a Netflix movie. Well, yeah. oh, actually, I'll, I'll put them above. I'll put them above a Netflix movie. I would. So I would put them so above some say, Netflix movies, but there are plenty of Netflix movies I think are better. But, so I would say if I take out the action movies from Netflix and like the other content that they create, I would put that above. There's not many movies that, that aren't action based from Netflix that I want to watch. I would agree, but. I think either way, I think the Daily Wires movies haven't been bad. They're just not like they're not great. They're not enough that I'm like, OK, well, they're going to they're going to make a major name for themselves in entertainment. Um, yes, because there's not. nothing I will. There's nothing that, that I will watch in theaters. Yeah, I mean, they, they are straight to DVD flicks all the way. <laughs> but what is a woman is is I'm a great face, documentary. Jeff. What is the DVD? <laughs> uh, it's like a Blu-ray that can't do high def. Oh, OK. OK, thank you. What's really what less than showing my age, what it really shows is my refusal to get with the times because I still buy every movie physically. Yes, but you, I'm assuming you're buying Blu-rays and not DVDs. I'm buying four. I'm buying actually 4K Blu-rays. So you're two two levels removed from DVDs. I am two levels removed from DVDs. My actually, three because how, how many people buy anything other than streaming now? But I have uh, been burned. I have seen what they do when they decide that something is no longer fitting the narrative where they go retroactively change my films. And they cannot do that with the disc that I have in my house. And so I buy every movie I like physically. That's fair. I want to start that at some point. I need to get I have a tower. lot of movies. And I even buy TV shows that I like because I've started to get some of my favorite TV show. One of my absolute favorite episodes you cannot watch anywhere online pretty much even if you owned the entire season on amazon they took that episode off their library even if you'd paid for it already yeah hopefully congress does something about that yeah that's never going to happen because they're doing it for one reason so it'll never happen anyway i digress let's talk about what is a woman mike i know you watched it as well i did comments thoughts so- i don't want to do a whole review but i mean I don't, I don't want to do that either. Um, so my wife and I, we watched it together. What actually happened was I, I showed her like a trailer. She's like, oh, yeah, we need to watch this right now. Um, I thought it was done really well. I also think that Matt Walsh used that opportunity to take a bunch of vacation because he went like to 10 different spots. Um, Can you blame yeah. him? I mean, I would do that. Oh, yeah, definitely. If someone's going to cool. pay me to go ca- to go travel around, why wouldn't I do that? Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, but what I liked about it is he's like actually interviewing people on the left. And he's not he's not get, asking like gotcha questions. He's asking simply like, what is a woman? How would you define that? 
what is sex what is gender it's it's very simple questions that people can't answer and what i notice is a lot of them will say sex and gender are different um sex is biological and it's fixed gender can be changed and then they'll say something like well then the doctor assigned a certain sex at birth so it's like you don't even understand what you believe because you should have said gender there instead of sex so and it's funny because like they're like psychologists they're professors he's, he's like not just interviewing random people on the street i mean he is but this actual interviews are with people who are supposed to be you know the top of the the top of the, of the, the a-list of people to talk to so I, I thought it was really well done and yeah and a fair documentary I liked it as well. I think the two things that stood out to me were, I agree, he didn't ask gotcha questions, but what was funny was the reaction of the people he was talking to, treating it as if every question was a gotcha question. Like he was trying to catch them out in something. Yeah. When he really wasn't, the, he was asking very first simple person, questions. Yeah. The first uh, person he interviewed, um, the psychologist, she seemed uh, open to answering questions. She wasn't giving good answers. But she 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 didn't get angry and aggressive like everyone else did. So, the there there was one individual um, who actually teaches, I believe, at the University of Tennessee, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes. That was probably my favorite uh, interview, <laughs> and I, I want to show this clip um, to our yeah, listeners that, and that, viewers. That was a good one. Also, because, I also liked his uh, his wife's answer at the at the very end. Nice, simple, succinct. Um, yeah. so for anyone who doesn't have Daily Wire, I would suggest you get it for the month to watch it. It's worth the eight or nine bucks it costs per month to, go, to get this. It's so uh, what's also uh, um, not surprising, but is interesting and worth worth talking about is uh, Matt Walsh, unsurprisingly, has received numerous death threats um, since the production of this video. Um, well, and that's why I like Matt Walsh because he like he like reviewed his death threats that he got uh, either today or yesterday. I do like that. I mean, the one time we were important enough to get called out on the internet, we did have a good bit of fun with that, and I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. All right, so let me share my screen. So this is from "What Is a Woman." Um, and this clip was one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I don't hear any volume. Hmm. You have no did volume. You share what I, you I shared audio. audio. I did share audio, but as we know, this system doesn't always work as it should. Very true. Very true. So let me try it again. Share system audio. And again, Jeff shows his age struggling with technology. Thinking about gender and that's not women and man but gender as a, as a social form. yes i am struggling with technology right now and it is irritating me which is funny because i am actually uh not bad at technology normally sure 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 whatever you say uh since i'm normally the one who doesn't struggle on this show and you normally are <laughs> now you're talking about the weird thing I am, is i'm perfect on this show at all times it only will let me share the system audio from the entire screen, but it's not picking up my second monitor when I do that. And I don't know why. That is weird. Well, that's a fun one. 
So give me two seconds. Anyway, let's keep talking while I while I get this fixed. Um, yeah. So, well, what I also liked in there, um, he does interview Jordan Peterson, and he, I, I like what he said about how gender is a poor way to describe it, and you actually should be using like the um, the five traits to um, explain uh, gender or not or what gender is trying to explain. I think and, uh, it's called I, the, the five traits of personality. So it's extroversion, um, agreeableness, openness, conscientiousness, and neuroticism. And I think that's a, what you said about it is like, that's a better way of doing it because that's actually measurable. It's like, you can say you're a man or you're a woman or whatever you want to say, but this actually can say like, all right, your agreeableness is a standard deviation away from men, which puts you closer to women, something like that instead of just how I feel. And that's, let's go ahead. Sorry, Jeff. No, you're fine. I, I agree with you. I thought that part was interesting as well. One of the last comments I was going to make, we'll show this video and then we'll move on is the other thing I liked about this, um, this documentary was it, it highlighted something that I think that Matt Walsh better than anyone has done a good job of highlighting in this regard is that the pro and you mentioned it, right? They, they swap gender and sex as terms but then they act like they're different, but then they couldn't use them interchangeably is the real war here is not just um, the, the whole gender thing. It's also the importance of language in the way human beings work. I think this is this highlighted, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I think the language is important because the fact that they switch those language back and forth is, is because those words have been synonymous for the entirety of the English language, the and entire history are. of English. And they are still synonymous, but they're now trying to change the language. And I think it's important for people to remember when you allow people to change the language, you allow them to control the narrative. Mm -hmm. It's very true. And it's, it's one thing that, I mean, they're technically right that language is fluid, that it, it just changed. But, you know, 99% of the words stay the same. And it's just like a certain one word that trends and eventually gets picked up, like how bootylicious is now in the dictionary. It's like yeah. one word a at a time. Between, not... There's a difference between slang and a change in language. Very true. And, and I think that's the problem is they're trying to equate the two, that slang is fluid, but language does not change for the most part. So let's watch. This was my, I mean, there were many funny videos, but this one was my uh, favorite one. Um, and I'll talk about why after I show it. Visual differences, but rather thinking about gender. And that's not women and man, but gender as a, as a social form, something that kind of infuses itself into virtually all aspects of social life. Let's talk about that then. Uh, I guess we should start with, we've got gender and sex, right? Yeah. What, what's the difference between the two? Is there a difference? I saw that in your questions and I thought, my goodness, this is what we spend an entire semester. Can you, can you pause a second? But what we... So I like the fact that his question was simple and also the fact that this professor admitted to seeing the questions before the interview. So I, I'm going to assume that he's doing it with everyone else. So it's not, it's not like he's just throws in a random question here and there. It's like, here are the 10 questions or whatever. I, this is the order I want to read them in. Yeah, it's not gotcha journalism. It's it's he is being very upfront about what he's trying to ask, how he's going to ask it. Um, he is being very direct and he's being very respectful, actually, more respectful than than these people deserve, to be honest. Um, because aside from the fact that they are 
high-ranking academics. They have contributed nothing to society. In fact, I think they're detracting from society and they're complete lunatics. They actually deserve no respect, um, but he's very respectful to them, which is a credit to Matt Walsh. Definitely. Tend to think about in the social sciences today is that sex refers to a set of biological characteristics and gender is a social construct or category. What I think is often misleading about that characterization is allowed to be sort of messy and complicated. But in that framing, when you split them up into these wholly discrete constructs, study scholars and, and really more specifically people who study gender and sex, we're not talking about sexuality right now. In the kind of academic universe that I travel in is that we see. I also like how it highlights the fact that this guy said it takes a whole semester to answer this very simple question. Um, and this highlights two things to me. Number one, how long academics can talk and listen to their own voice for the sake of their own voice, um, because there is no importance in anything he's saying. And number two, the fact that to make this make sense, they have to spend an inordinate amount of time to explain it in such an obtuse, uh, convoluted way that it's almost impossible to argue with because it's it's incoherent, uh, because it's a very simple question that should take a very should have a very simple answer. That's very true, but because they do this, it's why um, people can actually can can't actually argue it once they get out of university and once they get out of their little bubble and, and echo chamber. Like I've I've tried to talk to people about this, and they well they do what these people do get angry, they try to run off. Uh, explain for 10 minutes, then they get angry. It was like, no, that's not, that doesn't make any sense. Cause they never thought about, they, they, colleges don't teach critical thinking anymore. They just teach regurgitation. So anytime people challenge them to critically think they just break down cause they're using parts of the brain that they never used before. Agreed. how deeply gendered ideas, um, cultural ideas about masculinity, uh, femininity, maleness, and femaleness, both in humans and in lots of other animals. So are gender and sex two different things or? Well, I think that they, they both are and they aren't. I'd be, I'm comfortable saying that gender and sex are, are two different constructs, but they're deeply intertwined with each other. We're talking about gender and, and sex, and there's a lot of controversies there. If we're talking about a trans woman has all of the male physical characteristics, so would that not be a male then? Couldn't, couldn't we plainly say this person is a male. Well, well I guess it's, it's like, wh why are you asking the question? I think I, I, wa I want to understand sort of why that's so important. So if someone tells Just you- Just to, to sort of understand reality, you know? Well, I mean, I think when someone tells you who they are, you should believe them. So if a person says that they're a woman or they're a man, then that's them telling you their gender is. I'm, I'm not so sure why, what social, um, interactions would have to do with with maleness or femaleness that would well, be I'm not even talking about social context I'm just I'm just getting to the truth you know yeah I mean I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like getting to the truth again in social why, why life is that, why is that uncomfortable this is my favorite it part. sounds actually deeply transphobic to me um and if, you, and if you keep probing we're gonna stop the interview I if I probe about what the truth is you keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying how to is, you- How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is and you're walking on 
30 seconds more <laughs> before I get up. What my truth is? Well, I don't think I really have a truth. I think that there's just the truth, like the reality. And so we should begin by trying to figure out what the reality is. Uh-huh. And why are you concerned with when someone else tells you that they're a man, or even if they use the word male, why are you concerned with not believing them? Well, you keep bringing it back to, you know, how do you respond in a social situation? But... That's what I do. I'm a social scientist. Well, right. But we're in a university. I'd like to point out, by the way, because I've had an argument with someone about this Absolutely. recently. We are, we social science true. is not science. Social sciences, by definition, are pseudoscience. And I hate that people consider them scientists because they are not. Nothing in social sciences can be tested via the scientific method. You cannot have a testable hypothesis, and therefore it is not real science. Yeah, I think any data, any hard data that actually comes from social sciences is probably more related to psychology or some other actual science that you can actually use the scientific method on. But I mean, there's, there's a, hmm, actually, let me think about that. So if we were to say that um, boys are, are better in math on average than girls, would you call that a, a social science or what would you rank that as? I would call it a social science, but that's not really a social science thing, right? Because you're not saying that boys are inherently better at math. What you just said is you're saying boys are better at math on average than girls. That's a testable thing. That's, that's just statistics. You're just taking, right, but, but that's not a testable hypothesis. You're not saying men are predisposed to be better at math, which I don't believe is a provable hypothesis. Uh, no, I think the the hypothesis right now is that boys are are on average um, better than uh, better than girls in math, and when girls are good in math or at the same level as um, boys, then they're even better in like English or something else. And they still tend to go in that direction. So, I've been reading studies on like why there aren't more engineers that are women. And one of the things that they looked at is like the math uh, ability as well as interest. Yeah. See, and I would again say that my opinion, none of that is science, right? You, you can take, you can take statistics and studies and you can go study a population, but that is not science. That is observation, right? There's no, there's no testing in that. You can't test that hypothesis. What do you, I guess, what do you mean exactly? What's your control group going to be? Are you going to take a bunch of kids and then put them in a room? And then like there, there's, there, it's not science, right? You're just taking a, a population and you're saying, we believe that it's behaving this way, but you're not controlling the variables, so you can't actually test it. Um, I guess it depends on how big your population is and from what area you pull it from. There, like, there's. This is a separate thing we could get into. Maybe on a different we'll, we'll get to we'll get to but this. this is, out, but this is what I would say. This is what I would say is social sciences, soci sociology specifically, um, like this guy is. They try and take a population, and then they try and. They take a control group and they take a test group and they try and say, this is how they compare, but they don't have the capability to actually test, to actually control all the variables. And so it is a pseudoscience, right? What they're actually doing is they're saying, oh, okay. based on the few variables we know, 
that these two groups behave differently, but they can't control all the variables in that situation. That's not real science. Okay. I get what you're saying. Cause like there was a study, um, it was a study like you, you take kids and you like put like f food in front of them and they're pretty much trying to say like if you if the kids don't take the, the food they control their impulses then they're more likely to, to be more successful in life and what actually happened was if you look at like income you can it it, it it's not break it breaks down at the income level because essentially what you're doing is just saying kids who are hungry can wait and kids who are well fed or sorry kids who are hungry can't wait and kids who are um, well-fed can, uh, can wait. That's pretty much what the study was actually showing, but they weren't actually looking at the variable correctly or looking at all the variables to actually find that out. Yeah, I have, I mean, again, kind of derailed, but I, I have a big we problem. I, I have a big problem with, with guys like this guy who claim to be scientists because they're not scientists. What they are is at best statist statisticians. And more often than not, what they are is people who are poor at understanding statistics, who are trying to make a case to fit their already determined um, conclusion. There's oh, very exactly. little science in what they're actually doing. This isn't like physics, right? Where you have a hypothesis, you test the hypothesis and you either are proven right or wrong based on the data because you controlled everything except for the experimental variable. This is, I'm going to study a population of people with very minimal understanding of those people. And I'm going to say that one stimulus was the, it was the thing that caused all of their reactions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I was, I was trying to just break down more. So you're, no, that's fine. Like, but yeah, because... I, Many people will disagree with what I said, but I do not believe the social sciences are real sciences. No, that no, that makes sense. Um, because you, like you say, you can't control everything. I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I'm trying to think if, if I agree or not. Because on one end, it's like, yeah, if you can't put in a petri dish and put it in a lab, then how are you actually controlling for every single variable? But at the same time, we study things in nature in real life. Or not, I mean, real life is not maybe the best word to use that we can't put in in a, a petri dish, and but we still understand. Well, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, I think it's there, more I think a, a difference. A, I think there's a difference between studying and understanding something and it being science as well. There's a difference between observation and science. Okay, I guess you're saying now. And right, you can science how is you about, observe things. Yeah, science is about testing testing hypotheses at the end of the day, right? That's what the scientific method is, is you form a hypothesis, you test the hypothesis. And then there is social science, which has validity if you understand what it is, but what it is is observation. It is the power of observation. And you can observe things, you can observe trends, and if you understand it correctly, you can d discern things from those trends. But that does not make it scientific because that's the, and the reason I bring this up is people like this guy um, say things like, well, it's settled science that gender is fluid. It's settled. The like, science they, is settled, according to Dr. Fauci. Yeah, they, they say things like it's, you know, this is peer-reviewed journals. Everyone studies have shown that transgenders, you know, transgenderism is real, blah, 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 and that gender is fluid. Studies have shown, studies can show whatever the heck you want them to, and peer-reviewed studies <laughs> do not mean anything. Real science does not need peer-reviewed journals. What it needs is quantifiable data. What's well, funny because I have Does that make sense? Yeah. It's funny because I have peer-reviewed papers and like SAE, the Society of Automotive Engineers, Mm -hmm. There are great papers that get in there, and there are some not so great papers that seem to be like, we need to, to have this paper done to get my master's degree or my PhD. <clears throat> so this 
has kind of just scooted in there. Don't worry, no one's going to read it. There's ones that I think, well, this is kind of also going off topic, but a scientific paper, in my mind, has to have enough information that whoever's reading it could then duplicate the what you did. I think they have to be able to duplicate too, your experiment. Yes, I think if you just give too much of a summary, then it's it's not a it's a uh, it's uh, I can't think of the word. It's not indoctrination, but it's uh, come on, Jeff, help me out here. I don't know what word you're going for, so I can't help you. Oh my goodness, Jeff! You're, we have see this. What happens when we don't do the podcast? We can't finish other words, <laughs> each other sentences anymore. But <laughs> but I, but I get I get the overall concept, and so so that's my point. Like I said, I derailed us, and a lot of people are just going to disagree with what I said about social sciences. But I the do have social a scientists. But but I have a problem with because things like critical race theory come from social science, right? They are ah, people people do these studies. And they say studies have shown this and studies have shown that, but you studied a population that you could not control and you didn't understand and you didn't actually have input into the experiment. And you studied two groups and called one a control and one the experiment. But how did you control the control? Mm -hmm. Did you make the yeah. kids stay in a lab? I mean, that, that, that's, my, that's my point is there is validity to social science if you understand what it is but to to equate it to a hard science and, that, and that's the difference is right there's soft sciences and hard sciences but social scientists don't think that way they think of it as a true science hard science mathematics physics chemistry um biology those are things that you can create scientific law scientific theory you can test an experiment you can't do that with social sciences not to the same extent okay yeah, it's interesting you say that because we we've read scientific papers on how SpongeBob is racist. It's peer reviewed, so it's science. That's kind of my point. That that's that's why I made yeah. the comment. So, like I said, you may not agree with me, and it's okay if you don't. But that's where my comment comes from: is people think that peer reviewed equals science. Peer reviewed does not equal science. It equals a bunch of people who read a paper and said yes. If if I now if I have a physics theory, I don't need it to be peer reviewed because I can prove it with data and then you can you can go and replicate my experiment and prove that i did it and you can say yes this is science that's the I mean, difference that's, is it's hard data yeah well that I mean that's normally what happens every time someone comes out with here's a new proof or blah 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 then 10 other universities try to do the exact same thing and like oh no this is where you messed up at this is wrong so i guess you're saying i'll yeah, allow it and, and like i said i mean Everyone doesn't have to agree with me. People can disagree with me all they want. That is my opinion. I have a very big, I have very poor opinion of social sciences for a very specific reason. Um, but, you know, I showed the parts I wanted to show that clip. The, the most important part to me was the part about truth, because to be able to say the statement that that seeking truth is condescending and rude sums up as a professor about, at a university, it sums up everything about what this guy believes. Yeah. Very sad. You don't because and, and and Matt Walsh handled it perfectly. It's not because the number one thing I hate that that liberals have started pushing that and that the right continues to allow to happen is the idea of my truth, your truth, my wife's truth. Your no, there is an objective truth, truth, and your opinion. Yeah, or there is your take on reality. There is only one truth. There is only one reality. There is only one fact. Right. And, and, and everything else is opinion. If I tell you the sky is the sky is purple and, and you tell me the sky is blue, the sky is actually blue, right? 
If I tell you that water is wet and you tell me that water is dry, water is actually wet. I don't care what you think. Um, you know, it's, um, that's, that's debatable. People are trying to, th there have been discussions on is liquids actually wet or, or is like what actually is wet? Like is see, water wet or does it, or does it get people wet? See, and that's funny, but that's <laughs> what's funny about that too, though, is it's again about language because wet is only a thing because we say it's a thing. Wet is the feeling I feel when I feel something wet. Right. It's, but everyone understands what that is. Oh, I agree. But and, and, well, like if I tell you I'm six foot five and you say, no, Jeff, you're not. I can't say, Jeff, say well, that's my truth. Jeff, well, my truth is you're six, six, because I believe. <laughs> but like there is a tape measure and someone can measure me and say, no, Jeff, you're five foot four. Well, that tape measure isn't uh, showing your truth properly. Exactly. And, and these are ridiculous, ridiculous examples, but it's because it's a ridiculous idea to say that everyone has their own truth. You don't have your own truth. There is the truth and that is it. And if you're offended or, uh, or affronted by the truth, then it means you're on the wrong side. No matter the argument, no matter what the, the situation, if the truth is what's bothering you, you're on the wrong side. Very true. You just gave me a great idea. I think I want to sell my truth um, tape measures. And you just pick the scale that you want to use it at. There are going to be a lot of men who use that for very different, for one specific purpose and that only. I know. Billion dollar, billion dollar industry right there. The, the, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of men that have been lying to themselves and, and people for years that are going to be, ha, I, now See? I have it. See, I was telling the truth, my truth. You'd probably actually make a lot of money with that. I'm surprised. I, I would be I, surprised if it exists. I think I I, I will. I'm I'm looking to that. See how much that that costs. All right. So we've been talking for about a little under an hour. We've got a lot more topics I want to get into, but there's only time for so much. So, Mike, what do you want to talk about next? I think we can do the inflation, gas, Biden sucks formula shortage, and then hop back, hop into Obi Wan the greatest Star Wars film show that has ever been created by sounds good. Disney plus cool. Sounds good. So today um, there's information coming out that gas will hit $8 by the end of summer for Michigan. What is, what is your prediction at Jeff or what have you been hearing in the uh, great land of North Carolina? Um, I haven't heard anything as high as eight in North Carolina. The most predictions are six to six fifty, um, but I would not be overly stunned if we hit eight. Now, this is my own prediction, but I will say is if we get to eight, nine, ten dollar gallon gas, which some people are projecting, which economists are projecting, I have two predictions, and and no, neither one is a joke. Um, neither one is me being tongue in cheek. I mean this sincerely, so I want to make that clear. Uh, number one we will cripple the United States economy. We will, we will have rampant unemployment. We will have uh, bare shelves. We will have uh, bread lines. We will cripple the United States economy in an irreparable way, in a way that will take us decades to fix. Um, maybe not, in, not fix some of the problems, but to, to truly get the economy back to what it should be, it will take us years, years and years and years. Um, because the United States economy is not built for ten dollars a gallon gas is just unsustainable. It, 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 the American people cannot cannot afford that. Um, mm -hmm. The second thing, and I believe this fully 
is that if you live in a city, you will see extreme rioting, looting, and violence at a level that you have never seen in the United States. The summer of 2020 will be nothing compared to what you will see if you get $10 a gallon gasoline. And the most valuable well, thing- Well, at least it won't be any Molotovs. <laughs> that, that, that was funny. The, I think that's what we're here for. The most valuable thing any human being will own in the United States of America if we hit $10 a gallon of gas is a gun and ammunition. And I mean that 100%. I agree. Because um, the need to defend yourself will be immense. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, Aaron and I, we're going to a, a, a gun show um, in a month. And we're going to be picking out our new, uh, new uh, defense um, items. But yeah, I agree with you on that, Jeff. Um, essentially, what I think is going to happen is once getting to work becomes more ex um, higher than the money you get back or the amount of earnings. People are going to quit going to work. Yeah. So if if companies are smart, uh, they're going to try to push as many people back to remote work as possible. But corporations aren't smart. So uh, let me finish. That work. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So that and that will work for the white collar um, workers. But people who are like working at um, like Kroger's and like restaurants and going to the plants, they can't work re remote. And those are the people who are also already living paycheck to paycheck, already probably cutting into their into their savings. Um, the stimulus check that they received is long gone and it's probably been eaten up by unleaded gas. Um, I mean, there's already been a shift in people get, going from fresh fruits and vegetables to the canned food. Um, so and that's at $5 a gallon here in Michigan. We're talking $8 a gallon. I don't know what people are going to do. Uh, and when, when they don't know what they're going to do, I think they're going to get violent. Because when you have no hope, there's, there's no reason to not get violent. Like you, you live in a society. You you check yourself. You you know you you pay your taxes. You you know you, you go to work. You come home and all this type of stuff because you know there's hope for the the future. Like you know, like all right, I can keep doing this for 10, 20, 30 years, then I can retire. When I when gas is eight dollars a gallon, and I no longer have hope that I can provide for my family. From even if I want to work, like ignoring the people who are uh, who are just choosing not to work because they still want fifteen dollars um, minimum wage. The people who are trying to work, who are trying to provide for their family, and the gas bill not not the gas to um, light your uh, provide warmth to your home. Or Although that's going oven. up too. Well, it is going up, but to literally get to work or to get your kids to school. Or to, to go on your road trips for the summer that you've been waiting on all year long now that things are open when you take all that away from people and it's like you have nothing it's like all right well i if i have nothing then i'm going to go get something from someone else so it's it's going to be uh looting which is going to obviously turn into rioting rioting but i don't i don't know if it's going to be just straight rioting or it's going to be I'm going to be uh, raiding um, the grocery stores. I'm going to be raiding the the gas stations. I'm going to be raiding the giant um, 
Myers and Walmart and all this type of stuff and going to the Amazon warehouse and, and blah, 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 because what else is there for me to do? I literally cannot feed my family. I have to take that food. So I think it'll start there. I 100% agree. It'll start with those things. But the problem is once you pull that cord, right, then things will start to deteriorate from there because th there's a ripple effect of all of this. Number one, as you said, people will stop going to work because it's more expensive to go to work and get to work than it is to, to get a paycheck. Um, so and, and so people will stop going to work. So restaurants go out of business like they did during COVID, but in a much more significant way, grocery stores go out of business, um, you know, because at least those people were actually making money when during the pandemic, but now they won't even be able to do that. So they won't be able to even keep them open. Um, manufacturing of all kinds will shut down across the country. Now, on top of that, let's let's take the labor piece out of it manufacturing costs are going way up because the cost of transportation for raw materials is much higher. Uh, the cost of energy is much higher because even though we're talking about gasoline, the cost of natural gas, for example, to heat a plant or to, uh, I work in the chemicals industry, uh, to produce heat to actually do chemical reactions is much higher now, right? So the cost of energy is higher. The cost of raw materials is higher. And those companies you're buying them from, not only are they raising their costs, they are also having trouble getting people in the door. So they're shutting down. So you're going to see a massive ripple effect, uh, effect throughout the supply chain. So not only are products going to uh, be more expensive, they're going to be harder to come by. And the stores that have them are going to be harder to come by. So people will start by looting those stores. But when those stores become barren, they'll start to they'll start to attack one another because it'll be the suburbs that are unaffected at first and the people from the cities will come to the suburbs and so on and so forth. And, and, and again, this sounds like a doomsday prediction. This sounds like I'm being, um, like I'm, I'm, you know, Alex Jones over here being nuts, but the reality is it's the logical that, conclusion. It's the only logical conclusion to gasoline. That's that expensive in a country that's not built for it. And the reality is that no country in the world is built for it. They're having trouble in Europe. Um, right now because of this, they're having trouble all over Western Europe and it's going to get worse. And there seems to be nothing that's being done to improve this. So if the Biden administration, if the government doesn't do something to open up oil leases to allow oil production to increase in the United States, which they seem to have no interest in doing, um, well, we are not going at all. to gas they're prices. They're still closing them down. Mm -hmm. They're still closing they're, them down they, as of like they, last week. They, they shut down more every day, it seems. And the, the, the overall um, impact is going to be gas prices are going to hit that eight, nine, ten dollar gallon window. And the, the country is going to suffer in a way that I, I don't think we've suffered in our history. And it's not just going to be our country. It's going to be every country in the Western world and potentially in the entire world, because the economic impacts here and elsewhere are going to be so massive. And it's going to be a state of lawlessness. And because the other thing is you, um, schools will shut down. And here's why. Because uh, many, many students across the United States are bused to school, not going to be able to do that. So you're going to have schools that are going to have to go digital again, back to Zoom. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that didn't work. Um, we've seen numerous social science studies, um, but we're seeing plenty of actual you know, facts that you know, grades are down, that students are struggling, they're not learning. Um, we know that that was a, a hardship for many people. So schools are going to have to close because buses aren't going to be able to run because they're not because unless they raise taxes, they're not going to be able to take gas. Um, well, I mean, that is like, all right, can I afford this this stop to take my kids to, to school? 
Like if my kid isn't on the way to to work. Well, I'm just saying, even kids that ride the school, even kids that ride the oh, school I agree. bus, I agree. school buses will shut down because the school district won't be able to pay for the gas unless oh, yeah. they raise I agree taxes. About that. And how are you I'm raising saying, taxes when nobody's working? Yeah, well, I'm saying like even if like you know you have a bunch of kids that can be driven by their parents, it's like all right, am I, can I afford wasting half a gallon to take you out my way to go to work mm-hmm. when it's eight dollars a gallon every single day? I agree with that. And what about teachers? Are teachers going to want to come to work when gas is that bad? Um, so you're going to have school shut down. That's going to be a problem. You're going to have, um, you know, like, like you said, white collar people are going to be able to keep working for a while, but let's, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a white collar worker. I work from home or I travel for work. So while the gas price doesn't impact me as directly as somebody who drives to work every day, it does impact me because when you get to $10 a gallon gas, I have to start to decide, is it worth filling up my car to go and do things or should I just sit at home? So I'm not putting money into the economy, number one. And number two, my company is going to start to say, okay, instead of having you travel across the country with rising airline prices or rising gas prices, we're going to ground you at home. Now it's going to be how effective can you get your job done when you're not doing that? And and that's going to vary by people. Number three. And on top of all of that is the people who are supporting plants and things like that. Your plants are going to start to shut down because they're not going to have people to work in them. So white collar workers are suddenly going to be out of work because their companies aren't producing what they normally produce. And so layoffs come. And when layoffs come, they're not going to lay off the few operations people they still have that are working in the plant, making a little bit of money. They're going to lay off white collar workers. White collar workers are now going to be unemployed, not paying anything in. And they pay the majority of taxes. They pay the majority of money into the economy. So that's going to, it's, it's a massive rip effect that people can look and say, oh, $10 a gallon of gasoline is the, that's the, that's the sacrifice we make for a free Ukraine, which by the way, I don't care one, one lick about the Ukraine. The Ukraine I said months ago was a red herring and it most certainly still is when Nancy Pelosi is flying to quote unquote, an active war zone to present Zelensky with some award or receive an award. I don't remember which was, um, it's obviously not an active war zone. I can't remember the last time an 80 plus year old speaker of the house, uh, flew into a war zone. Um, so the Ukraine is meaningless, but we're supposed to accept our $10 gallon gas because it's for the Ukraine and for the society, Western society. No, what it is, is for them to push us in a direction towards green energy that the country does not have capability to handle and doesn't have the infrastructure for. And it's an intentional act to, to shut down the economy and kill it so that we have no choice, but to go green. I agree. I think. Once the economy is com- completely dead, you can rebuild it however you want. So, like now, it's like, well, they've said we that need, we need, yeah, they have. We need more solar uh, panels and and turbines and all that type of stuff. So this can't happen again, even though in California they're c- constantly having blackout issues because of this, because they didn't design it properly, and they they were hoping on solar and wind to provide X percentage, and it's not. And let's not let's let's also again not forget about the fact that building the let's say we even wanted to build those things that takes time, it takes money, and the time uh, is much longer than the end of the summer. The money is going to continue to increase as the cost of moving those turbines down the road on a gas-powered truck uh, increases, um, and moving those solar panels on a gas-powered or diesel-powered truck increases. Uh, so those costs go up. 
and the cost of building those things go, but they just want to print money, which is what gets us into eight and a half percent inflation. They'll just continue to print money and our dollar is worth nothing. And that's why a, a cart full of groceries for me now costs double what it did a summer ago. And that's not at a hyperbole. That is literally a, it cost me double to go to the grocery store what it did a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, I can't I remember when this was because it's been so long since we recorded, but I remember going to the grocery store at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week and noticing like a, a sizable increase in the price of eggs. Like I can't remember the last time I've noticed the price of eggs chewed up because I've never noticed it in my life before. Because you normally it's, it's so gradual and it's, it's so like, minimal. It's a yeah. five cents. Yeah. And over like, the course and, of a year. And, right. And I also notice with butter well. I'm a baker, so I'm buying butter constantly and flour. And Not sugar. for much longer. Well, maybe so. This, if I want to eat, gotta get the the raw materials and go do it. If that you way. can get them, because yeah. that's the other thing is we're we're gonna can go back to having food shortages. We had them during the early parts of this year um, after Biden correctly predicted the food shortages that he caused, um, and then we had you know we're going to have food shortages again. I, I fully believe that for a litany of reasons. Um, also to placate to, to shut down the masses. Um, and here the, the best example, and you mentioned it in the kind of lead into this topic is the formula shortage. Something that should never happen in the United States of America is that people should not have to wonder if they're going to be able to feed their children. Right. And that is that beyond anything is an indication of two things. The the malice of forethought of the of the president of the United States and the complete in, and utter incompetence of in either incompetence or lack of concern for the American people, um, because and I, I, I and I both. say malice. I, I think it's well. I I I really am leaning towards lack of concern because you know Biden's not making his decisions anymore, so it's not like he it's not his mental capacity that we're worried about. It's the ones of his handlers, and they clearly do not care about the American people. I agree with you. I, I I also think it's it's lack of concern. And I think that's why I said I think it's malice of forethought. And the reason I say that is I think they did it on purpose. We've seen now it's been shown that they knew about this back in February and mm -hmm. they did nothing until May. And and that's when they started to take action on something that they knew would cripple the supply chain for formula in the United States and, and it is a crippling that only happened in our country. Europe still has formula on the shelves. Mexico still has formula on the shelves. Yeah. Canada when I was still in, has formula on the shelves. I was in Mexico um, last month and there was a Walmart across from my hotel. Checked it out. Yeah. They're fully stocked up. Yeah. So it's be, how, how, how is Walmart? Yeah, yeah. I know. Like how is Mexico fine and we're not? Yeah. And it's a lot of it has how to do Europe with fine fact. and we're not. <laughs> well, and, and let's use Europe as an example. So they, Biden made this big show about how he flew your formula over from Europe. And first of all, he flew one jet's worth, uh, one jumbo jet, which I don't know them. I don't know the amount of formula that's used in the United States, but I'm going, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that is enough to supply maybe one state for a day at most 134 H. pallets. It was 134 pallets of formula that cannot possibly be enough to supply the United States for more than a quarter of a day and probably surprise supply a, whole, a single state for that long. That's not much. Costco probably has that much in stock in a normal situation. That wouldn't surprise me. So 134 pallets, meaningless, meaningless, but let's take 
that away. And let's also talk about the thing that Biden didn't talk about, which is the fact that all of that went through FDA inspection. And people are going to stop and say, well, don't you want formula inspected for children? Yeah, except here's the thing and that people don't know in the United States. And I know this from um, a number of sources, one being working in the medical device industry for a number of years and dealing with the EU and with the FDA. The EU in every single situation has higher standards than the FDA. And formula is one of them. The EU inspects formula to a higher standard than the FDA does. So we already, we're buying this from somewhere that holds things to a higher standard and we forced it to go through FDA inspection so it could be slowed down and cost the American taxpayers more money and time before we could get that formula in the hands of people who needed it. Mm -hmm. it, it that level of incompetence has to be intentional. It, I, I, have it, I find it hard to believe at this point that anybody could be that stupid. Um. I mean, if your mind's going, your mind's going. But like I said, it's not him in charge. So, well, that's that's if, what I mean. Like, if, Biden, if it was Biden, if it was Biden I would almost yes, like I would almost understand if I actually thought Biden was the one making these decisions. Mm -hmm. But he's clearly not. He's not even allowed to speak to the press. He can't even make that decision by himself. So I highly doubt he's making any of these other more important decisions. And I, I really think that people thought. Uh, in his party that Kamala Harris would be in by now as president, but she's so hated that they can't bring her in. They yeah, can't, better put they can't do, on the stand. yes, they can't do any type of press briefing with her because as soon as they, they do, she just that evil cackle at anything that's serious. And the American people hate her mm -hmm. with good reason. So, yeah, I, I agree with it. Biden could be that stupid. I, I, I agree with you. But we, as you said, Biden's not the one making the decision. So I don't believe that any of these handlers are that dumb. It's intentional. Yeah. And uh, look, I, my kid is, I have a, I have a, a two month old that is formula fed. And I was lucky enough that um, through, through God or something, I had the foresight to know that, you know, I needed to stock up on formula. So I've got enough formula to keep my kid fed for now. Um, but I, I know that my wife and I have been going around and, and rounding up formula for people in our family, um, you know, our extended family that have kids that can't find it and shipping it across the country for them because there are kids, whether it's, you know, for, for any number of reasons that are formula fed that their parents are going to bed, not knowing if they're going to be able to feed their kids. And it's not because they're not doing the right things. It's not because they're not trying to provide, it's because something that has always been a staple of American supermarkets is not on the shelves anywhere. And it hasn't been on right. the shelves for months. Right. Like this is, this is like, if there's no apples available, like this is something that you don't even assume isn't in this in, in stock. Like I don't walk into Kroger like, Hmm, I wonder if, if, if the apples are here this time. It's like, I, I know there are apples here. I know there's formulas here. I know it's, there's eggs and hot dogs and whatever. I don't have to worry about, I don't have to think about if it's, if it's even here or not. I would even the say fact if, that you have to do that is terrifying. I would even say it's worse than that. I mean, that's a good analogy, but I would say something like, cause you could live without apples. Right. But here's a, I think it's, it's almost oh, yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's so, almost like so if you turned on your tap and water didn't come out, there if go. you don't, and across the country, nobody knows if they're going to have water today. Very true. The reason I use apples is because nobody Everybody has apples. Store. Well, it's not, it's that and like normally like apples is like literally like the first thing you see when you walk into like the produce section. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's, I'm just that's like, why I it's, went with it's that. It's just, it, the thing to me is it's, it's 
crazy. If we were out of, cause there were, like I said, there were food shortages here in North Carolina at one point, a few months ago, where like, I remember going to the store and I, there was no cream cheese anywhere in the grocery store and I needed cream cheese for a recipe. And so I just didn't make it because they yeah, literally, like, oh, well. and it's like, and it's like weird because I've never in my life not been able to get a product like that, but okay. I can live without cream cheese. But See, like, formula, that's like something the that, like, that formula is out is what's yeah. bad. Yeah. Like the only time I've had that issue was like around Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I'm like running in on like Thanksgiving day. It's like, yep, no more cream cheese. Everyone bought that. No more pet milk or whatever it is. All the turkeys that are left are still frozen solid because they just brought them out the back. Mm -hmm. That that makes sense. But I shouldn't be like on like a random Tuesday. I should be able to find cream cheese. I should be able to get formula. It, it should be like just that absolute in America. And the fact that it isn't should be terri ter terrifying to people. And the fact that our president knew about it, it's been proved he knew about it for an, well, over a month it. and he over months before he did anything to correct he the said, issue. He said he knew about it. He said the CEOs told him about this. And this is why they don't let him do press briefings because he speaks the truth, which is a bad thing in politics. Well, especially it's a bad thing when you're when the truth is that you're an idiot. Yeah, very true. He's not just saying a damaging truth. He's saying like he's he's telling the truth that oh yeah, I knew about this and I just didn't do anything. Right. About something that is really and and this is the thing that Democrats don't understand about why the election in in this year I think is going to be such a red wave is you can try and make it about guns. You can try and make it about abortion. But at the end of the day, people do know, no matter how much gaslighting they're out there doing, in the last two days, I've seen um, the new the the new press secretary, what, what's her name, Jean-Pierre or something or other, uh, is her last name. I don't care. But in the last, two, the, the, last in the last two days, I've seen her and Joe Biden both talk about how the economy is stronger today than it was a year ago, how Americans have more money and savings. Thing, and, and, and here's the thing. You can you can gaslight all you want. You can try and make the issue about get guns and abortion for the election, but Americans know that they don't have as much money as they did. Americans yeah. know that they can't find formula for their babies. Americans know they can't find food on the shelves, and Americans know they're paying five, six, seven dollars a gallon on gasoline. You can't hide from that. You can try yeah. and tell people that's not what happened, what's happening, but they're not stupid enough not to know it. It's, it's not even that. It's like. You notice when your gas goes over a hundred dollars. You notice when that when the extra digit pops up. You may not know the exact price you you were paying a year ago, but you know it wasn't triple figures. So it's it's just so so obvious that you're paying so much more money. It's like oh yeah, I was going to go on a trip this summer, but for some reason, the the savings that I normally have is completely gone. Why is that? It's like oh because. All this happened, and I lost the two thousand dollars that I was going to use for my 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 weekly trip that I or my yearly trip that I do. And, like it's, and he, it's it's blatantly obvious at this point. You know, it's like it's different from like, oh yeah, hot dogs are ten cents more. To I can't find hot dogs on Memorial Day. It's 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 yeah. that different. It, it, I 100% agree. I mean, the best the best example I can see too is I mean, normal Americans recognize all that stuff, as you said. But what's even funnier is I'm seeing highly I'm seeing rich athletes complain about the cost of filling up their gas tanks, which they have the money, but the fact that they're noticing it means that people who don't have the money are definitely noticing it. 
Exactly. People exactly. who aren't driving 16 Lamborghinis definitely notice when their gas costs more. Yeah. I have also have noticed a lot more um, comedians are starting to, to make fun of Joe Biden. Normally what I see is they'll, they'll rip on the Republican and then they'll just stay away from politics and their stand-ups for four years when it's a Democrat involved. But the fact that they're now ripping on, on Biden, it's like, okay, the masses are telling me that this is okay. Because a lot of them are self-centering themselves. That, so yeah. it's one thing for you know, like Dave Chappelle to do it. It's, it's another thing for like some comic that you never hear of that you kind of see on Facebook once and then disappears again. Yeah, I agree. That's that's a big indicator. The other big indicator to me is you're starting to see Biden and the administration be questioned by more and more reporters about things like the formula shortage, inflation. It's not just Peter Ducey from Fox anymore or somebody from uh, One America News. Now you're seeing people from CNN, from MSNBC, from CBS, from major news networks that are very, very, very left leaning are now challenging the president. And they didn't do that a year ago. And it's because I think they're tired of trying to trot out the agenda of the president and try and tell American people everything's great and making themselves look like bigger and bigger and bigger fools. Yeah, I think it's also they're trying to separate themselves as much as possible to try to get any type of win they can um, this coming November. I think what we're going to see is Democrats saying like, uh, this is what Biden is doing. And then if we if you elect me then i'm going to push him to do this for this the families and blah 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 whereas conservatives can be like yeah we're going to completely wipe out his agenda so democrats can be like this is the agenda we we push and we're going to hold his, his fire to it hold his feet to the fire on it versus yeah he's doing such a great job i think that's what's going to start to happen yeah i i agree with you i want to show this clip because we talked about it and then we can move on but it's just funny. This is from today. What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration and other experts as well is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on what we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you is that the economy yeah, is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we yeah. Historically, compared to the Great Depression, we're doing fantastic right now. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I honestly want to know how they think that, that people are going to believe that. Because, and, and what experts are you talking to that are telling you the economy is doing well? Name one. Right. Because like, every independent expert I have, talked, I, have, I have seen has talked about how we are in per, a major recession, potentially a depression, that the stock market is going, is going to continue to crater, that people are going to lose their savings. Um, that inflation is going to continue to run wild. Uh, I have not seen anyone say, oh, yeah, it's great. Every, everything's great. I have seen even the Fed has said, oh, we were wrong about inflation, which, uh, yeah, everybody knew that, but even they're acknowledging it. Mm -hmm. So gaslight all you want. Uh, no one's stupid enough to believe the economy is doing well. Right. Say whatever you want to say, but... Interest rates rise on the homes and people can't, can't buy homes anymore. So there's people like, oh, my apartment lease is going to be up and I get a home soon. Nope. Try again next year. Oh, and rent's up by like 300% too. So, yeah. Ridiculously high. All right. More fun topic? 
Well, how, how long do you want to go for? Because I, I feel like this is going to be a, a rant. I have time to fit this in if you do. All right. It's been a while, so we might as well. Let's talk Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mike, have you actually watched the show? I watched the first three episodes or everything that's out so far. Yeah, so you've seen everything that's out, which Mm -hmm. I have as well. It was against my better judgment. I decided to watch it. I I really considered – I didn't watch it for like three or four days after it came out because I really considered not watching because I hate Disney+. Plus. I hate everything they produce. I hate the company. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to watch Obi-Wan. But I thought about it and I said, no, if there's one thing they might do well, maybe, just maybe, they'll give me an Obi-Wan show, the show I've wanted to watch for years, and it'll be good. And I so before you before you begin, before okay. How do you be how before you Sorry. dive into this? Before you dive into this, how did you feel about um the other Disney shows like The Mandalorian, um, Boba Fett, which I didn't watch, I'll be honest with you. And I think some other one that came out. I've only watched The Mandalorian. So I only know four of them. I only know of three other Star Wars shows. There might be another one, but I haven't seen. But there's The Bad Batch, which I haven't watched, um, which is an animated clone show. Um, There is The Mandalorian and there's Book of Boba Fett, both of which I've seen all of uh, everything that's out. Um, And my opinion varies differently than from even many of the other Star Wars fans I've talked to. A lot of people like Book of Boba Fett. I personally thought it sucked. Um, I I didn't even watch it, so. I I thought the Book of Boba Fett was basically the Mandalorian season 2.5. Like, it was season two and a half of Mandalorian. He was the one who did more than Boba Fett. I thought it was a character assassination of Boba Fett. Um, I thought it was a, a... poorly written show a poorly acted show a poor action show I, I, everything about it i just didn't like um so i'd say the book of boba fett out of 10 i'd give like a four um i i was not a big fan of that show okay um, Where would you rank the mandalorian i'd say the mandalorian's like a seven I, I don't think it's as good as a lot of people do i think there are cool elements to it but i think if you actually step back and think about what the show is it's not that well written the first season was pretty good the second season had some cool moments like the luke skywalker scene at the end of mandalorian season two one of the coolest things i've ever seen star wars do largely because it was fan service for people like me that just wanted to see luke go in and show how powerful he was um but the show itself was not that good um it it's got a lot of plot lines that just don't resolve well it does it's not it's more like a guy going on a bunch of fetch quests in a video game than it is actually a, like even when he levels up his armor i mean it's just it's like watching a uh, video game i don't love yeah. the mandalorian but it's entertaining okay have you like watched it multiple times or you just watched were you just one and done um i've seen aside from the the Luke Skywalker scene. I think it's only been one and done. I've seen the Luke Skywalker scene numerous times because I like that scene. I, it, well, because that's what Star Wars should be, right? It's it's first of all, like if you're going to make a Star Wars show without Jedi, I'm okay with that. But then you need to make the characters really compelling. And I thought season two did a poor job of that. Um, I saw season one more than once. I, I haven't seen season two more than once though. So what do you think of the Mandalorian? You've seen it. Um. Yeah, I would probably give it a seven or eight. One reason I'm leaning towards an eight is because I think maybe because of the the hype of knowing that we're going to get a bunch of like Star Wars is going to continue. That you know they did the, those horrible movies, but now um, John was it Farvo? 
Favreau, yeah. Yeah. He's going to step in and he's going to show you how Star Wars should be done. Like same way he did with, with Iron Man and, and Marvel, the, the movies that I liked in Marvel, Marvel Universe. If I watch it again, I'm sure it's going to drop. Um, and the fact that I have no desire to watch it again probably means it should be lower, like a six or a seven for me. But from what I remember, um, it's probably an eight. Um, that's fair. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with me was the Mandalorian. Like, I liked it when I first watched it, but when I step back and really think about it, I realized it's not that good of a show. It's not that well constructed of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what to me really dropped it off. But Book of Boba Fett, I hated from the from the jump. I remember yeah. complaining to my brothers about how bad I hated the show, um, <laughs> and and being vindicated when I found out that I wasn't the only person on the internet who hated it because surprisingly people didn't like it. And I thought, wow, I'm I'm shocked I'm not in the minority here because it was a bad show. I thought it sucked. Um, yeah, for a number of reasons there, there, I could go into a, a long tirade about why that show's bad, but, but we're here to talk about Obi-Wan. So I won't. Um, but anyway, so you right. know, I, I, anything good in Obi-Wan, anything that you like, let's start there. No. Okay. Literally nothing. So the, the only thing that I don't know if I say liked, but makes sense to me is how much he's falling from his Jedi ways because he had to kill his brother. And it actually is showing the emotional impact that it should be. I personally, when I saw Obi-Wan was coming out, I wanted this nonstop action fest, to be honest. But seeing how he is makes sense to me. I don't I don't want it, but it at least makes sense having that trauma of literally cutting three limbs off of your, your brother that you grew up with for 10 plus years or whatever it is and leaving him to burn that makes sense to me that's about it that's probably the only thing that i don't like but makes sense in the the three episodes i've seen so far yeah so i i will say that i don't i don't disagree like i it makes sense to me i don't agree with that character choice because i think it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense when you think about the fact that he was given a very clear mission um, to protect Luke, and he's basically taken his best ability to do that and said, I'm not going to have this anymore. Um, it makes no logical sense from a character perspective about someone as driven as Obi-Wan. Um, but, okay, I can accept it. Like th- That's the decision you made, so I'll run with it as a, a viewer and just say, okay, I can accept this. I think it was dumb, but I can accept it. Um, but I don't like it by any means. And what I like, what I like even less is the fact that they've made him... They've made him. They made him Luke. They made him stupid. Yes, yes, that is true. But they, 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 yeah, they, they, they turned him into into Luke in the episode eight. In the Last Jedi, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I don't even know the name of of the Star Wars movie. I know. I I know him. I just uh, hate them. I still won't see Rise of Skywalker. I, I would rather burn. Uh, someone alive and watch that movie. Um, someone alive, not you. You won't burn alive. You won't suffer. <laughs> no, I'll make the person who wants to make me watch that movie suffer. All right, that's fair. But no, uh, I mean, like, he, he, they did make him like Luke in The Last Jedi. I agree. And like, there are a lot of things I, I didn't like about it. Again, I like, okay, the trauma, I don't agree with the character choice, but we can say that's fine. Like, let's go with that. But there are a lot of things about it that just don't make sense. Like, are we going to do a spoiler-free review or are we going to just spoil it? 
because because I can get really I can get really into the things I hate, or I can just be general. Um, be general. We'll we'll see how this, how this goes. But since it's still an ongoing series, we'll try to be um, as spoiler free as possible. Okay. Um, then in general, what I hate is once again for the umpteenth time, Disney has taken a legacy character and made the legacy character bait to get people to watch a show and made the show all about a different character that no one knows or cares about. I hate that Disney has once again tried to, to drum up the woke mob to hate the quote-unquote toxic fandom for hating a character because they must be racist and must hate her because she's a black woman and not because she's a poorly written and, uh, and meaningless character to the series and is detracting from a show that the title character should be the main character of um, and that uh, le legitimate criticisms of the show, of the writing, of the, the script, of the acting um, – and of the plot are being thrown away because, well, it's just being made by toxic fans who are, who hate that we have a black woman in the show. When in reality, I don't care at all about that. I think her character sucks. Um, I think her character is the main focus of the story and Disney's own tweet that talked about how we can't wait to see Reva, who's the character's name, Reva's story unfold. Um, Reva's story shouldn't be unfolding because you cold, told me the show is quote unquote, Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, not, Reva, the Inquisitor. Uh, if you want to make a show about her, make a show about her. And if I choose to tune in, I will. But when you tell me the show is about Obi-Wan Kenobi, I want him to be the focal point of the show, not some random character that you're telling me I'm a racist for not liking. So I don't like that. Uh, I don't like that the show is spit in the face of canon numerous times. Um, I don't like that the fact that the show has spit in the face of intelligence numerous times and took the what should have been one of the coolest moments in in Disney plus television history with the reunion of um, two major characters and made it somehow boring to the point where I was actually glad it was over and then made the conclusion of that scene make no logical sense. Yes. So let's, let's, let's go with that. That reunion fight should have been, and what, what pisses me off. There's no I way we can do that with a spoiler, right? Cause everybody who's listening knows what reunion fight we're talking about. There could only be one, right? So should we just yeah, say fair. what character it is? I mean, like, if, if you don't know by now that Darth Vader shows up in the show, then you didn't even, even before the show came out, they already said Hayden Christensen was in it as Darth Vader. So it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Yes. But we don't like, need to get into details, but that everybody knows. Right, and, and right. And if we say reunion fight, there's only one thing that could very be. Very true. I mean, it could have been, could have been Yoda. But anyway. You're, oh, they're you're making a Yoda true. show, by the way, so they can ruin another character. FYI. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I'm 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 done with Star Wars, the new Star Wars stuff. Is Me too. Out. I won't watch it again, and I won't watch Mando uh, season three. Yeah, which is disappointing as a as a Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to like this era of like the the CGI and the budgets are big enough so that even TV shows were going to be amazing, and they're just ruining it. But yeah, so what irritates me is that when they do the opening for episode one. Or episode one of the show, they run through the prequels. They give you like the highlights, so even if you haven't seen it, you uh, have an idea of what's going on. And one of the things they show is they show that amazing award-winning fight, um, bits and pieces of it. So like when they go back at it again, you're you're kind of hoping that like I know it's not going to be as long or, or as dramatic, but it needs to be something good. But because you make this character. 
emotionally dead inside or no longer a Jedi. It's just it's nothing. He it's nothing there. And to just point, the way they got away was just stupid. It was utterly stupid. But they they've done that also with with Leia and and how she gets involved in the show and how she gets uh Obi-Wan involved in the show. It's like the the forest scene is like how how can you write that that poorly? I I don't understand. Like when it's when it's just like blatantly obvious, like it it pulls me out of like being. I'm trying to like dive into the show and they do something so poorly. Like oh, I'm just gonna hop on my phone for a little bit until the scene's yeah, over. Yeah, and without trying to get into detail about it because I have very specific complaints about that exact scene, um, but without getting into details. Yeah, I agree. It pulls you out of it. It's so poorly written, so poorly executed, so poorly. The acting is bad in in the whole show too. Like I don't think there's anyone, including you and McGregor, who can deliver a line in this show. You um, and McGregor is an actor I really, really like. Not just in Star Wars, but in many other things. Yeah, I love um, him in Birds of Prey. Uh, I I loved him in Train Spotting, which is a, a much different type of movie. Right. And I, I think Ewan McGregor is a very, very talented actor. And there are moments where he is very, very good in this show, but they're few and far between because the dialogue is really, really bad. Um, the script is just poorly written. The only two scenes that are actually halfway decent are the scenes with Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, or, or Ewan McGregor and Jimmy Smits, who plays Bail Organa. Um, because they're two really stellar actors. And then they went and cast a bunch of people who could not act their way out of a paper bag to be the rest of the cast of the show. And they're terrible. Yeah. So the grand inquisitor is one of the worst people I've ever seen on screen. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Those. That writing is just horrible. And what's sad is I, I heard that um, Moses was good as like lady Macbeth, And. I haven't watched the Queen's Gambit all the way, but she's in that, and I heard she did well in that too. So, like, you cast a, a good actress, and then you just waste her, probably by giving her this this horrible script. And on top of that, you're just going, "Hey, fans, if you don't like her, then you're racist." So it's like, all right, yeah. well, if I'm racist, I'm just not going to watch. And yeah, it's, and, it's and to be honest, I don't that... think she's done that bad of a job. She's had very poor dialogue and very bad script. I don't think, to your point, I don't think she's done a bad job as an actress per no. se. I think her character is bad. But what I do hate is her character. The motivations of her character are stupid. Her character's actions are stupid. They make they make Obi-Wan a, a, essentially a, uh, a bit player in his own show because she is the central she's the centerpiece of the show that's those are complaints about the writing not about her i don't have a problem with her i have a problem with her character but not because she's played by a black woman because it's a bad character that shouldn't be in the show the um they just do a poor job of writing young people on the dark side like hating christensen was written poorly um uh what's the guy's name kylo was written poorly in in seven and eight. I know you haven't watched nine, but he wasn't written that well in, that, in nine either. It's just like they can't do evil teenager well, so they just do emo teenager. Yeah, they just, do angsty, they just do angsty teen. And it's it's just done poorly. Well, and they just. I think there's a central refusal within Disney to accept what canon says, and they want to redefine everything about Star Wars. 
So they're doing things that just don't make any logical sense about the show in general. Like the way she interacts with the rest of the, the cast, whether it's the light side characters or the dark side characters don't make sense. And it's not her acting. It's the, the plot doesn't make any sense. She knows things as a character that she should not know that she has no logical explanation to know because it's canon breaking stuff for her to know. Frankly, it's universe breaking because if she has that type of knowledge, why hasn't it been used? Um, let's do a spoiler. What you want to give an example of that? Uh, I'll give, can I give one or two? Yeah, I go to you. Uh, spoiler, number spoiler, one, spoiler. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Spoiler warning. So number one, she somehow knows that, that, Obi-Wan has a tight enough relationship with Bail Organa that he would go and rescue Leia, where there's no indication of that anywhere in, in can like, yes, he knew Bail Organa, but it wasn't any, it wasn't some super close relationship. It makes no sense that he would have any connection to Leia, that it yeah. would draw Obi-Wan out of hiding. Right. You would have to be like in the room where Luke and Leia are born and they decided to split them up. That's yeah, the like, only way you would know that they actually were knew each other. I yeah, mean, like, there's some stuff in like the cartoons and stuff, but nothing. Yeah, and like, yeah, like really he knew Bail Organa because Bail Organa was a senator and he was a Jedi. But like, there's they've never done anything to indicate anywhere in canon that he should know, have this that he is like so close to him that he would risk his life to come out of hiding to save her his daughter. It doesn't make any logical sense. And if she knows it, if that is a thing that people know, how come she knows it? And I don't know, Darth Vader doesn't know that, right? Um, number two, and this is the one you know, that bothered you mean, you mean, you mean Anakin who was by his side the entire time? Yes. Well, and actually, so that's the funny, the, the other thing that bothers me the most is there are two big things that do not make sense, uh, about this next spoiler. And one is her, her knowledge, which is something that four people living in the galaxy should know three or four, uh, the emperor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Yoda, and that actually might be it. It might just be those three. And Anakin, obviously, if you count him knowing about himself, that Darth Vader mm -hmm. is Anakin Skywalker. That is not common knowledge. But somehow, this random Inquisitor who is like fourth on the totem pole knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. That is not common knowledge anywhere in the story. In fact, it is such a well-kept secret that when Luke finds out, it's a big deal. Right. Uh, Anakin Skywalker being Darth Vader is not known. Anakin Skywalker is believed to have died in Order 66 at the hands of Darth Vader, not became him. But she knows this. The other problem I have with that, which is it, it, that in and of itself is, is, is ruins the story for me. It's universe breaking information because she shouldn't have that information. Like the comics have established that nobody knows it. The books have established that nobody knows it. The movies have established that nobody knows it. So the fact that she knows it breaks that for me. Um, but the other problem with it is well, she knows is, it if, and Obi-Wan, she knows it and tells Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan didn't know Anakin was alive at that point when it's pretty clear at the end of Revenge of the Sith that he knows that he's alive. That's why he's separating the, that's why they separate the children in the first place. It's not yeah. from the emperor. It's from him. Exactly. They know but Anakin's alive. So the fact that 10 years later, he doesn't know that Anakin is Darth Vader makes zero sense. Well, Jeff, he's been, it's been 10 years. He's no longer connected to the force and blah, blah, blah. I mean, am I wrong about any of that? No, I agree. But and to your point, like 
if she knows that that's Anakin, the universe should know that. And if the universe knows that, then Luke wouldn't be safe where he is. His yeah. his aunt and uncle would have moved him somewhere else. It would change everything about the story if the universe knows Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. It fundamentally changes Star Wars. Yeah. Because it, cause it seems like she's also the only Inquisitor that knows that. That's also what bothers me. It's not like the she dark is the side. Only and, she clearly yeah. is the only one who knows. Yeah, so it's like it's not. Some it's not like it's just, it's just, yeah, but it's not like it's just like the dark side that knows it. It's somehow she's like the fourth person, fifth person that found this out. Well, and and let's let's call a spade a spade here. I know what what the explanation is going to be. I haven't seen the show, but I know what it's going to be because they show the killing of the younglings at the very beginning. She's going to be a youngling who escaped the academy and somehow knows. That she escaped the Jedi Temple, escaped the Jedi Academy. Um, it really should be the Jedi Temple. Um, and knows that Anakin came there to to kill younglings. There's two reasons that still isn't a good explanation. Um, number one, if she escaped, that means she would have been one of the people escaping from clones, not from Anakin. Um, and they wouldn't have been talking about Anakin Skywalker being with them. So she would have no reason to know that. And if she saw Anakin, and this is number two... I find it very unlikely that he wouldn't have killed her. If Anakin well, not, went there to kill younglings, it is unlikely that he has failed at killing any of the younglings he encountered. I don't believe that Anakin Skywalker, as powerful as he was, failed to kill someone. Well, it's not only that. Even if you see Anakin, there's still a leap to go from Anakin's killing, killing us to he is now the man behind the mask. That's, that's a good a point giant, as well. That's, that's also a giant leap. Yeah, I agree. That's also a very good point. So all of that, but that's going to be the explanation is that she's going to be a youngling, but mm -hmm. none of that makes sense. And like you said, if she knows, then the universe should know because she's the fourth ranking inquisitor yeah. and, and she, she knows something that no one else should know. That is major information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think at the, at the end of the season, you're going to find out that she was trying to get Obi-Wan to get closer to, to Vader to try to kill him. Or to become his apprentice and kill the like, she's obviously going to want to become his apprentice or something, or yeah. or maybe she wants revenge. Any a number of stupid things, but no matter what it is, it's done. I don't think it's any number. I think it's the writers have only those two things in mind. Uh, you're probably That's right. Only two you're, 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 you're probably right. And and here's the thing: is like the idea if you just make her a character that wants to catch Obi Wan because she knows it'll make uh, Darth Vader happy, that is fine because Darth Vader is supposed to have obsessed over catching Obi Wan. So I have no problem with that. And like all the Inquisitors would know that. And she just has the ambition to like, I'm going to do it. So Vader's going to favor me. That's a Sith thing. I can believe that. But then when you mm -hmm. say like, oh, but I also know these things about Obi-Wan and Darth Vader that no one else knows. It's like, so how did you learn these things? How did you get this information that is genuinely not possible to know? Right. That if you knew them, the Emperor would probably have you killed. So that's why the show doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, that being said, I think I am going to finish the season and then I'm going to rant with you about it. I, I might for the sole purposes of this, of this show, of this podcast, I might be willing to finish it. Oh for yeah. That that's the only but reason. That's only because reason. I'm not, and I had actually decided I was done with the show, but if we're going to talk about the end of the series, I will. I will finish. So I got three more stupid episodes left. I will finish it for that purpose. All right. 
Because otherwise, I was I last week I texted my brother. I was like, I'm done. No, that's fair. Um, I'm probably done with anything Disney that's related to Disney Plus. It has to be like an old school movie. Yeah, I'll I'll watch to... things. Yeah, anything that's not a Disney Plus produced thing that happens to be on that platform, I have no problem with. But but yeah, like Disney Plus has not produced a single like even WandaVision, which and, and we're off topic a little bit, so we can end here in a second. But even WandaVision, which at the time I watched it, I was like, this is genuinely a fun show. If you step back from it, especially in the context of Multiverse of Madness, which was horrible, by the way, do not see that movie. Seventeen thumbs way down. Um, I saw that movie instead of seeing top gun yeah oh also do see top gun top gun maverick yes. literally the best movie i've seen in three years at minimum i like yes. i liked the batman i would i've seen top gun maverick three times in theaters i saw the batman once if i got if i had time right now i would go see top gun maverick again i might go see top gun maverick tomorrow i loved that movie it is from start to finish just genuinely fun to watch it's not a bunch of fancy stupid crap it's not a bunch of messaging it is just fun movie oh and no cgi in the entire film mm -hmm. which is fantastic because i'm so sick of cgi i'm so sick of poor cgi well i'm sick of Dude. overused cgi is the problem like people cgi yeah. things that you could just easily do for real um, that was one of the things that made the Batman good is they didn't do much CGI either. It was a lot of practical effects and it makes mm -hmm. the movie look better. It looks more yeah. real because it is. Exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, like even WandaVision, the, the finish my point that I thought was, it, it, it was fun. I won't change my opinion. Like it was a fun show to watch, but if you think about what the show really is about, like it's central character committed major atrocities and like, suffers no punishment whatsoever for it mm -hmm. and those atrocities spill into multiverse of madness and are just amplified <laughs> and we're just supposed to be like oh well she's sad so that makes up for it she's trying to end the entire multiverse but yeah, I mean, she's like that. literally murdering people for the sole purpose of like because she's sad and and at no point does anyone ever say to her like why don't you go to a, a universe where wanda died <laughs> yeah the thing out there also, why is she obsessed with finding? I know we're on this, but why is she obsessed with finding her kids that never existed instead of, I don't know, going to a universe where Vision didn't die and finding the man she loved? You know. Does, does nobody else think that makes no sense? She's obsessed with finding these kids that existed for like three days in a fantasy land, but not with finding the man she's supposedly so upset that he died. Go to a universe where Vision isn't dead. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that, or you could try to destroy the entire universe trying to find her, your fictional kids. Yeah, and killing their and those, actual mother. Yeah, and those uh, those actors are horrible. Those child actors. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and on that fun note, we will leave you. So thank you all for listening to us. We are happy to be back. We will continue to do this on Tuesday nights now, moving forward. Thanks again. Yes, you're stuck with us. You can't get rid of us this time. <laughs>